Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Today, I'm honored to have a very special guest. Her name is Deborah Kosowski. And what makes her so special is I met her not too long ago. We were at a talk, a blue talk, the first blue talk ever, the inaugural blue talk run by Kelly, uh, Corey Poirier. And Corey is doing a lot more of these now. And uh, I think he's up to his fourth blue talk now, but they're amazing things. So what I'm gonna do first, Deborah, I'm not gonna introduce you, but I'm going to get you to say a little bit about yourself. Can okay. you do that? Sure. Sure, for those of you who do not know me, and uh, please, um, I welcome you with open arms. I'm Deborah Kazowski, a three-time best-selling author, speaker, executive coach, and I'm the podcast host of The Millionaire Woman Show, where we had Dr. Leica as one of my guests. Yes, and that's how we made this connection. I said, geez, she's so enthusiastic. I'm Dr. Enthusiasm, but she's beating me, so I got to get her on my show. Like attracts like, Alan. <laughs> yes, for sure, for sure. So tell us about what you're doing. What, what things are you doing that's new and exciting right now? Because I know you used to live a corporate existence at one time, which, which I think was kind of boring for you. Well, I feel like sometimes it feels like you have these boundaries around you. And um, I'm in the midst of reading a book by Glennon Doyle, and it's called Untamed. And I'm in the middle of it. And I'm like, hey, wait a minute. I think she's describing a little bit of me in that character of her. Because um, it is a memoir as well. But what I realized is there's so much more. I hit a point in my life where there's so much more that I want to give, so much more deeper, meaningful conversations that I want to have with people to really help them open their eyes to their own potential. So, you know, with a nursing background, I, and I still do some work in, in that area, but what I really do is I think about the intention, really being intentional with every conversation that I have. And I want people to know that I see them. I see them for who they see themselves to be at this moment. And I see them as to the person that they could step into if they could only see that mirrored back to them. Yeah. So, you know, people have a hard time identifying themselves. You know, I, I think most people, live quiet lives of quiet desperation. They do the same thing over and over and over again, and, and they live their lives, but they don't live them to the extent that they should. Is that correct? 100%. I think one of the things that I also have realized is that we don't build enough anticipation into our calendars. And I've been giving a lot of thought to this because when, you know, even with 
you know, uncertain circumstances around us, I think it's really important to realize that you can get yourself out of a funk when you start planning things that you can anticipate. And it could be as simple as, you know what, Friday, I'm going to get up early, rain or shine, and I'm going to go for a walk in the river valley. Yeah. Or I'm going to do this with my family. We're going to go for a picnic. And if it rains, we're going to do something different. But we're going to change it up. But it's something I could look forward to, something that might require a little bit of planning. And when you have those things built into your life, that anticipation, then you're like, there's that excitement. You start generating that new energy and enthusiasm. So one of the things that I like to do is making sure that there's things in my calendar, whether it being connecting with girlfriends, getting a chance to go on the patio, doing something with my family, a phone call that I need to set up with a friend that you know maybe can't get out. All of these things build anticipation. They build excitement. And if people want to have more excitement in their lives, they need to generate it from within. Are you telling me it's okay to play sometimes, Deborah? Are you telling me it's actually okay not to be on podcasts all day long, writing books all day long, uh, being on stages all day long, that it's okay to play? It is. And you know what? But I love podcasting. I love writing. And I love being on the stage. But one of the things that I also, I was reading, and I'm actually still in the midst of reading because it has exercises is a book called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. And one of the things that she does is she takes you through a series of exercises to help people get out of their creative blocks. And we're all creators. We're all artists in our own way, whatever our talent may be. And through these exercises of taking yourself on an artist date and walking in nature or maybe painting or reading a book, or you know, cleaning my closet as we were talking about before we came on. All of those things are taking the taxing brain parts away. This is where those eureka moments, breakthrough ideas come from. So that when I am in a space of creativity and my brain is not being taxed by everyday things that require full brain power, all of a sudden there's space for me to have those eureka moments, those moments of insight. You know, I, I find my brain has different phases in it. And my writing brain works best first thing in the morning. And sometimes it wakes up, up way too early. So I wake <laughs> at 3 o'clock in the morning writing, you know, because that's when my writing brain is there. That's when my muse actually can find the words and put them all to paper. So I can write 20 pages in about two hours at 3 o'clock in the morning. Whereas you asked me to do it at this time of day, the words don't flow. They're like hard, heavy lifting. I have to use a thesaurus to find the right words at this time of day. It's like, wow, where did my creativity go? Where did my insights go? They're, they were there earlier. But this time of day, I find my other brain's awake. When I talk to people, it works better at this time of the day. I, I find that there's different cycles in people's lives in daytime when you do certain things. You know, are you a morning person or an afternoon person? I consider myself a morning person. I love getting up while the whole house is still sleeping. Yeah. To have that time to myself and that's silence. And I can get more done in the hours that everyone's asleep than when everyone's up. And yeah, I find for most of my heavy lifting, my golden hours are the first in the day. 
You know, those are the golden hours. I get done more by 10 o'clock in the day than most people get done in the entire day. Now, I try to use the entire day, of course, but the point is there are different times, and I think people should be aware of their different cycles and their own, their different. Now, there are some people that their brains don't wake up until 11 o'clock at night, and they are night people, and they go until two or three in the morning. Yeah, I, I used to do that as well, but I got myself into a morning routine that really keeps me focused to have consistent practice and habits. And it's worked much better than staying, you know, this night, you know, until two, this night till midnight and having that fluctuation. So I'm going to ask you a secret from you. What is your daily routine? What do you find the best thing that works for you? One of my best things is to get up, do some journaling, do some reading, get that workout in. Um, you know, when I had very structured hours, like I... I with everything, I went to the gym, but now that the gym's not available, I go to my basement with whatever weights I have, body weight exercises and things like that. And the journaling, getting out any thoughts that are racing through my head, as soon as they get out of my head and onto paper, it's like they're gone. I just needed to dump it out so it's not cycling here, so that when I do do my creative work, I'm fully focused and doing the work that needs to be done. It's so important to clear your head of anything that you might have been bringing up from your past, from yesterday, that you're just recycling different events. And once you ink it, you can let go so you don't have to think it during the rest of the day. Okay. Now, you are ahead of Deborah Kosowski International, a world-class training and consulting venture focused on helping aspiring business owners and solopreneurs develop the winning success habits that inform human potential into sustainable profits. Clearly, you're motivated to move these people from their mediocrity into another level. Is that correct? Absolutely. One of the things is, is people want to need to be driven intrinsically, driven to succeed, have a hunger to really get to the next level. And one of the things when I work with people, I want to make sure that they see that potential that they can step into. To hear the words, imagine, have a permission to dream, to really think about where they're going. I have certifications in emotional intelligence to do assessments, appreciative inquiry. So I do a lot of focus on positive psychology. I'm pro-sci change management facilitator, as well as a leads coach certified. So it's all about leading self, engaging others, achieving results, developing those coalitions, these stakeholders, getting to connect with people one-on-one. -on -one as well as watching systems transform, but the greatest transformation is within yourself. So one of the secrets to success, I think you're saying, is coaching. Were you coached at one time? I was, and, and I do work with a coach as well, you know, on a more infrequent basis, but having a coach really transforms your accountability. It has someone that you're answering to, but it's also a partnership in brainstorming, having that thinking sounding board to help you really create a plan, to help you get out of your own way instead of talking yourself out of why you think you cannot do something versus 
having someone say, okay, let me challenge you. Let me, you know, challenge those assumptions that you're having. Let's brainstorm some solutions together because everything you need is truly within you. And a coach is trained and skilled at asking those questions to help draw those solutions out of you because you already have the answers within you to have whatever it is that you feel called to go toward. Oh, yeah. And, you know, in my earliest days, I was uh, I graduated from medical school back in 1983. And then I went through dermatology. I came out of dermatology in 1989. And as soon as I came back, the early 1990s, we, Alberta went through one of the biggest recessions that we're now going into again. So I knew as a doctor, I couldn't survive on what was going to happen. So I transitioned into being a cosmetic doctor. But to be a cosmetic doctor is not just knowing the skills. The skills are just a subset of what you learn. You have to learn how to market. And one of the things I learned is I needed a coach to help me with all that. So I had a coach by the name of Dan Kennedy, who was one of the best coaches there ever was. Because in Mastermind Series, I learned the basics of, of all the stuff. And we'd have a group of 20 people together. Many of them are still my friends. And we were able to learn those things and also carry each other further. Now, after that, uh, Dan was getting out of business. So he, Bill Glazer took over his partner. And then Bill Glazer went out of business. So then I went to Brendan Burchard to learn some things. I think some people know Brandon Burchard. Yeah. He's another Mr. Energy. He has an energy workshop that turns people into things. First workshop I went to him, I flew to San Francisco. I got to the workshop late because of plane delays, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The usual thing that used to happen in the days of traveling. And I walked into his workshop and it was like, a, I thought it was the craziest place in the world. Because <laughs> everybody was screaming, hollering, shouting. I thought I had gone to a, a freaking Baptist meeting where everybody was just going crazy. And all of a sudden, uh, Mr. Energy comes in, and you know why the room is enthused, because he truly vibrates energy. But boy, did he teach me a lot about the business of, of this new world that we're in, where you have to be on the internet, and you have to be on YouTube, and you have to be on social media, and you have to be on all these things at once. And you never have enough hours in the day to do everything. But Agreed. <laughs> you learn how to duplicate yourself. You learn how to do things more effectively. So I, I find that that's the hardest skill to learn. Content marketing is so important. And being able to leverage it in a powerful way is being able to create evergreen content so that you can repurpose it, rinse and repeat, have it come out in different ways. And uh, I find it so Marketing is one of my favorite things to talk about next to brainstorming because there's so many ways. If we just pay attention to what people are doing, it's around us all the time for those clues. So one of my favorite ways to do that these days is I found a new platform that will do a Facebook Live, will do things on YouTube, will do things on LinkedIn, will do everything except shine your shoes and recite Shakespeare at the same time. So there are platforms that actually help you do this, which I'm still amazed at. So I'm, sh I'm shutting down the circuit a little bit, making it faster. So it's, it's an amazing world out there where a lot of these things can be done for you. They can, and there's you know different systems and 
things that people set up all the time. I'm always learning and leveraging opportunities of how to create those systems. When you put systems and processes and automate things, it, make, it makes it a lot easier. Oh, yeah. And I think people need to realize that technology is either your friend or your enemy based on how you use it. And like today, we had a hell of a time getting into Zoom. Oh, my goodness. It's like pulling teeth. But, you know, there's always a workaround, and there's always things you can do. And, yes, it took a little bit, like five minutes extra, but we were there. You know, there's always things you can do to make it happen. But I tell you, the best tool we have this day is this thing called the phone, because you phone people and let them know what's happening while the advanced technology is messing up with everything else. And I, I think we have to be more reliant on our old tools rather than our new tools sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Tell me, what you're a coach. You, what do you coach about? So a lot of our, my focus is helping people um, mindset-wise to really get their head in the game and to go after where they want to be. They often say, you know, Deb, I've tried many things um, and I can't get myself focused on where I want to go. So there's times that we're doing some mindset work where everything starts with getting a clear picture of what it is you truly want. So I kind of do an assessment, we do a discovery conversation to see what it is that the person wants. Because with coaching, it's not coach-led. It is the coachee is the person who comes with the agenda of what they want to work on, where the, the, how we develop the plan. I work with people's strengths and see what is the direction that they want to go. I don't have to be in the same industry as you. One of the greatest things that I've learned by working with people of different, different business backgrounds, I've worked with a swim coach, I've worked with psychologists, I've worked with real estate agents, financial planners, business people. So what it is, is we're all human. And it comes down to a lot of where our focus is, our discipline is, our habits to build that accountability into that uh, I want people to understand what a coach does because mm -hmm. it's a big misconception that you're going to get the coach and the coach is going to do the work for you. But that's the coach right. is the person that really is the person that's going to do it. My answer to that is no. The coach is going to bring out the best in you. So in other words, when Tiger Woods, who used to be the world's best golfer at one time, went to a coach, it was not for the, for the coach to hit the ball. It was not the coach that was going to win all these wonderful events. It was the coach that was to get Tiger to win the events. And it's the same thing about other things in life. When you have a coach, the coach is really there to bring out the best in you, right? Yes. And I will challenge, challenge you, especially when you tell me that you're not able to do something and I've seen you demonstrate it other places. And I'll hold you accountable and raise you to a higher standard than you raise yourself, basically is what it comes down to. A coach asks powerful questions to get you really thinking and reflecting yeah. on what you can do versus what you can't do. And, and I think a coach can um, sometimes be irritating, sometimes they can be annoying, <laughs> sometimes they can be uh, say things you don't like, Yeah. but it's not because they're trying to hurt you, 
because they're trying to help you. And, and I think those are parts of the coaching aspects that people have to realize. Coaching is not always easy. It's not always a, a catwalk, so they speak. It's not always something that's going to be just a, a free line to success. Quite often when you're going through success, you go through a zigzag pattern that you go up, you go down, you go up, you go down. And it's partly because the way life is. Life is never a straight line. And I think also, Alan, there's a pattern of disruption, right? What happens is there's this, what we call in coaching rate of tension. And when this tension builds up or there's this disruption in our lives, we need to develop new skills, improve skills so that we can get back to a place of harmony. That disruption is where we gain our greatest gifts. When people make a put their stake in the ground and make a declaration on a goal or a dream, the next thing that happens is that roadblocks and obstacles show up. They're testing you to see if you really want it, right? But you know, it's the struggles that make us better, not the, the clear path. I mean, if we were all successes all the time at everything we did, you wouldn't probably have a happy life at all. It's the struggles, it's the testing, it's the path along the way that truly makes it a better place. And it's the victory when you push through that and get to the other side and say, whew, I made it through this one, next thing you know, there's another one. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and, and that's the way life is. It's always about struggle, and it's about successes too. There's the flip side of that. Mm -hmm. But you can't have victory unless you have failure. You, you just can't. No. No, because, you know, you have to fail so many times. I think of the Olympic athletes, right? You're training and training for years for maybe a 30-second moment to be the best in the world. Every single day, you're tweaking and trying and testing new things. Same thing with living. Every single day, you're becoming a better version of yourself, what you learned about yourself the day before, two hours ago, even what you learned this morning, you're not the same person as you were this morning. You're continuously evolving. One thing that I do notice, Alan, is that people don't give them the, themselves the grace to realize that part of, the, part of the process is the fall. Part of the process is making the mistake so that you can learn from it. And I, I think the biggest problem is people don't realize it's you have to become vulnerable or allow yourself to be vulnerable to be a success. You, you know, it just doesn't happen if, if you don't allow yourself to become vulnerable. Vulnerability is so important and it's the courage to step up and keep going. It's the bravery of being saying, you know what, I'm going to go again. I'm going to go again. I'm going to go again. Imagine if Thomas Edison stopped working on the light bulb. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, you know, there's a big problem right now, uh, Deborah. It's that there's this fear that's out there right now. I mean, it's, it's everywhere. There's this virus that's going around the world, and it's a scary virus because people are dying in it, and huge amounts of people are dying of it, not just a little bit. Mm -hmm. And the problem is we don't know who's going to get the virus and become really badly sick, and we don't know even who's transmitting it because people are transmitting it who don't have any symptoms. So there's And what this has done is caused governments to make people social isolate, which has caused the economies of most of the vested powers of the world 
all of a sudden to crump and, and go down the toilet. So there's fear. 50% of people are unemployed right now. Yes. Yeah. And one of the things I think people have to realize, you know, in the, and I was um, taking a course on mind control and it was very interesting. The, the professor was talking about how our, our brains are made for acute stress, right? The amygdala hijacks, you go into that fight or flight response. And now that we are like nine, 10 weeks in, we're going into chronic stress and that threat in our lives has not gone away, right? You hear COVID this, you hear this virus this, you see tape on the floor telling you which way you should be going down an aisle in a store, people wearing masks. The threat is around you all, all around. And now all of us face stress and anxiety at different levels, but now we need to get to a place of not seeing it as a threat. And I don't know how possible that is when people go into chronic stress. So I think it's so important right now that when people are, I like physical distancing versus social isolation, unless you have to isolate with symptoms, you know, but doing those basic hand washing, connecting with people with technology to maintain eye contact when you go to the store. Like I even see people avoiding eye contact. They don't want to look at somebody while they walk down the aisle. Like, it doesn't come from your eyes, you know? Oh, and I, you know, I, I, and I'm at a high risk group, so I wear a mask when I'm out. I do, I wash my cell hands a thousand times a day, and I do try to stay away from people as much as possible. I certainly would not go into a Costco store in this day and age with the thousands of people that are in there and things like that, but, yeah. you know, each has to do their own path. But I think you have to be smart about this virus. It is a very real threat. But at the same time, I think the fear that we have is greater than the event itself. I think what we've done is because the messaging has been so drastic, I think people have become too fearful. And, and I think at the same time, we have to plow ahead. We have to do things. And that's why I really like the social networks we have, but podcasting and being able to communicate without having to be in big groups right now. Yeah, podcasting is huge. More people are listening to podcasts or watching YouTube than ever before. Um, if you ask someone, they're watching more YouTube than television. I, I usually have the numbers on me, but I don't have them today. But you can get so much information. And when people start telling me that, you know, Deb, I don't have the resources to be successful in my field. And I, I challenge them. I say, it's not about having the most resources. It's knowing how to leverage the resources you already have in place. During times like this, people are getting very creative with their marketing. They're coming out to the people versus putting the advertising out to the people. They're actually showing up in front of people and having different conversations, having conferences and platforms like this where they can find them on YouTube and create evergreen content where people can find the answers that they're looking for and get the support that they want. Yeah. These resources are everywhere and you can even, you know, borrow from others, rent things. So people need to minimize those excuses. And at the same time, if you could do anything, what would you do right now? Yeah. That makes a difference. I've always emphasized that one of the greatest teacher in the world are books. And there's so much knowledge in books that if you read a book a day, 
you would be one of the most educated, knowledgeable people in the planet, in the planet. Uh, you know, I think many people do not read enough. I think many people do not use those resources enough for themselves. And I think many people don't turn to the resources that are easily at their disposal. They don't. And I have a library <laughs> in my office and I always have a book that's showing up on my doorstep. One of the greatest things is the, the reflection after the book. You know, I have a number of friends, they'll say, oh, Deb, I read this book, or I read this book. And I said, well, that's great. Can you tell me something about the book? And can you tell me also, did you implement something from the book? And they're like, implement? What are you talking about? And I tell them, you know, it's great to go to conferences. It's great to read tons of books. And unless you're implementing something that you're learning, how can you use that content to enrich your life to show up as that best version of yourself? Yeah, and I think that's very true. So, you know, one of the things I've been doing for the last four years is writing a book called The Secrets of Living a Fantastic Life. We've covered it on your show as well. It's finally coming out. We're doing a virtual launch on June the 5th. Every day has been a roller coaster, a plethora of little problems. I, I won't go into it, but I tell you, if you want to have some excitement, write a book and self-publish it because there's enough things to can go wrong, will go wrong. It, it's definitely a given. Uh, our most recent hiccup was uh, we've got the Isbin Lemire and so on, and then my publicist says, do you have a Library of Congress number? Do you know what a Library of Congress number is, Deb? Your ISBN number. No, no, it's a different number. The oh, Library of Congress number is the number that gets you into all libraries in the United States. Yes. So yes. another number that came out of nowhere and so on. And then did you know that the, the cover, your entire book, has to be in certain dimensions to get it loaded up into Amazon.com? If it's one, 0.1 of a centimeter off, they won't accept it? So little things make all the difference in writing yeah. a book. Yeah. It, I was very lucky I had a team do that for me. Yeah, so. and I, I've had a team. I've had various parts of the team. But as you see, when you're managing by a team, various people do things, and then they forget somebody else did something else. And so then little parts of it start to fall apart. And it, it's been interesting managing it. I'm glad I've got a core of two people that keep it all going and keep that ball in the air because every day it's been keeping the ball in the air and moving it forward. And it, it's been an exciting time. But my book is basically on motivation. It's basically on 13 golden pearls that, that I found as a result of my trauma in my life when I was told I was going to die in 2003 and had six months to live. So I changed my life and I found golden pearls to live by. And those golden pearls, what we found is 13 golden pearls of empowerment that act like a necklace really to empower people. And I know you've been, you have your own golden pearls, so to speak, metaphorical golden pearls mm -hmm. that you like to share with person. So if you're going to share one golden pearl with people today, what would that be, Deborah? Well, one of my golden pearls would be stay true to yourself. Trust yourself. Um, there's been times in my life where I gave away power because I thought someone knew better what my needs were than my own. And it, when I saw what I had 
given away that power because you know when you're taking a hundred percent responsibility you're not blaming and complaining because if I started doing that and pointing at others there's three fingers pointing back at me I realized that I needed to learn how to trust myself again to realize I have everything that I needed and that's I think that's part of what led me into coaching is really being able to not only trust myself and trust others in the process is being able to step into who you need to be and trusting that everything's going to fall into place and detaching from the outcome because it often is way better than you ever expected. Absolutely. So my golden pearl is it's not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens. And I'd like to emphasize that to people quite often when something happens to you, you assume a victim mentality. Oh, woes me. Oh, pity me. Please help me. And that's the strongest you can get. And I, I think you need to rise above that emotion. Remember, it's not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens. If you're given lemons, you can make lemonade. You don't have to stick with lemons. You know, if you go through a devastating thing in your life, you can change it. If, if you go through a divorce, guess what? There's still life after divorce. If you go through a bad situation where you've been abused, there's life after abuse. If you go through a situation where you're not in a good job, there are other jobs and other lives out there. You know, it's changing and having the courage to change. Isn't that right, Deborah? It is, and it takes courage. And, you know, been through a number of different scenarios, some that stand out more than others. Some of those bumps in the road are smaller, um, but the ones that were most significant took, took some time, but I realized that the tenacity grew. My enthusiasm for life grew. My energy for life grew because as you step into who you are and you face those challenges and you're vulnerable and you pull on your courage that when you move beyond comfort, that's where the magic happens. That's when you really feel true to yourself and feel free just to be who you are. And it's about being and not just doing all the time. Yeah. So my co-author, Harriet Tinka, um, so a beautiful black lady that went through uh, an act of absolute violence when she was kidnapped, stabbed, and left for dead. Mm -hmm. And she calls it, when she learned about this, she basically had to learn to walk again after she was stabbed. She was a beautiful model walking the runways of New York and all of a sudden couldn't walk. So she calls it from tragic to magic. And I love those words because that's exactly what it's all about. And I challenge everybody, tragic to magic, make your life from tragic to magic. And I also ask you along the path is to pay it forward. Give something to somebody else that you wouldn't have done today. Get out there and do something for somebody because there's so much that has to be done today that's crazy. Maybe your neighbor is locked in and can't get their groceries. Maybe uh, they need some help in some way, but they're not going to reach out themselves. Maybe you can just make their day and just say, hey, how's things going? You know, just reach out a little bit. And I'm finding, we're seeing more of that, Deborah. now. I'm finding people 
are doing that. But, you know, it's the small things that make the difference, the baby steps. Mm -hmm. I find whenever I get in a funk, the first thing I tell myself is, who, who can I help? Because we all have days that we don't feel the full energy that we normally do. And it could be that we've paid attention to too much television. It could be that we watched a movie that had a lot of negative viewpoints of the world and it can suck us in we don't realize what influences around us it could be a conversation that you got caught up in and it gets you thinking and feeling differently and your actions match that so in order to shake things up i i recommend like you said you know reach out to other people do something i i went to the dollar store and made baskets of you know uh beverage basket for the part patio or you can have a gardening basket for someone and drop them off to really make a difference when you get out of focusing on yourself and focusing on others, it can really change your state. Okay. Well, we're going to have to wrap this up, Deborah. I could talk to you for another hour easily, but I want everybody to have the opportunity to find out how they can meet you and get, get to know you a little bit better. Absolutely. They can go over to www.debrakazowski.com. And if you put in your email, you'll be able to get our success secrets bi-weekly newsletter. But also by doing that, you will get a three-part mini course that's absolutely free that helps you build habits that stick. Get that focus and consistency in place so that you can knock those goals and dreams out of the park and make them a reality. I'm also on social media channels as well as the YouTube channel and the podcast, The Millionaire Woman Show. Yeah, and check it out. I, I really have to emphasize this lady is amazing. She's got so much knowledge there that she can help everyone. So please check her out. I'm Dr. Alan Leica. This is the Secrets of Having a Fantastic Life show. I would like to give you something special for being our guest today. If you could text the word golden pearls, pearls with an S, to 1-819-717-2515, 1-819-717-2515. You don't have to remember that. It'll be in the show notes. I will send you a golden pearl a week for the next 52 weeks so you can learn things. If you'd like to know more about my book, go to fantasticlifebook.com. Check it out there. It's not quite ready yet, but it'll be up very soon. June the 5th is the date when it hits the stands, and I'm sure you're going to love it. Check it out. Thank you, Deborah. Thank you for being an amazing guest. Thank you so much for having me, Alan. It was a pleasure. It was a great day. Thank you. Have a great day. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Be sure and pick up a copy of Dr. Leica's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, on Amazon.com. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. Have a fantastic day.